0: Hello everyone, and welcome to our Cast and Crew q My name is Lena, and today I have for you an interview with Unholy Crowley. Unholy Crowley, or Ree, is the head editor and voice actress for a current author's project, contributing her voice to the original character Amanda, Mandy, Tomlin, and Harriet. She has been in fandoms all her life, and has been a fan of Good Omens for as long as she can remember, growing up in a world created by Terry Pratchett. Growing up, audiobooks were a staple, so when she heard about Podfix and the Crown of Thorns but Rama project, she knew she had to jump on board. Ree, it's an honour to have you with us today. Tell us a bit about yourself before we start. Where are you from? What do you do, aside from fandom?
1: Well, thank you for having me. Um, Yeah, so I'm originally from Scotland. That's why I really love that I got to play Mandy. I can kind of give that little bit of an accent to her, but I'm living in Western Australia just now. Um, outside of fandom, I'm a pastry chef and I work as a chef at a daycare in Kindy and cook for lots of little, grabby little children.
0: <laughs> and how did you first land in fandom?
1: Um, I landed in it probably when I was about 12 or 13. I originally started in, oh goodness, the My Chemical Romance fandom and started... Reading, I was really into My Chemical Romance when I was younger. My older sister, she's 11 years older than me, and she was really into their music and she listened to a lot of their stuff when I was really little. So I was kind of brought up with that kind of music and all of their different albums and things like that. So I was really exposed to that fandom first and started reading fan fictions and seeing art done by people. And it was really interesting to me something that people could create expressively and just create anything they wanted and it was it was a really big fandom at the time when i was about 12 or 13 and that really got me interested in creative writing and stories and art in general when i was you know everybody kind of struggles at that age and that's it was a good kind of escape for me and jumping into fandoms it was it was mostly my chemical romance and then it kind of transitioned into Sherlock Holmes and some other little ones that I kind of wasn't so involved in but I was aware of fan fictions and art and things like that and then it slowly progressed into Good Omens when Good Omens started to lift off a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. And did you ever write fix, or make art yourself?
1: Yes, I did. Um, I I tried my hand at art I'm not really much of an artist I have something that kind of just blocks my brain creatively so I tried writing fix for a long time I loved creative writing but I just really struggled to do it I had originally started writing and that was my main thing that I did under my first main account which was unholy Frank which is from the My Chemical Romance um, fandom and that's where I started and again it was something that I really I struggled to creative right I struggled to see things creatively so it was something that I really wanted to do but I just couldn't get my head around it so I decided to kind of pull myself back a little bit and mostly just watch what other people were doing and read other fictions and enjoy other people's art but it was really good to be part of that uh, fandom community for a little while and see other people who were striving and people who were getting out there and people who were being really noticed and it was really quite a nice community to be a part of.
0: Mm-hmm. And were you in Good
1: Omens fandom
0: at that time?
1: No, I wasn't. Um, I wasn't so much aware of the Good Omens fandom. I was aware of Good Omens at that point because I was brought up in a household very much um, evolving around books and if it was books mostly it was Terry Pratchett books. And I had Good Omens in my house, and I knew what Go- Good Omens was, and my parents had kind of told me the story and that sort of thing. But I was never aware of kind of more than two fandoms going on at once. Yeah.
0: All right. And then when did you first start getting more into the Good Omens fandom then?
1: Um. It was maybe a couple of years ago now, just before the show started. But again, it was merely from a visual standing and watching standpoint it wasn't from being involved so much like I saw that there were some fix up there that I didn't really necessarily think that it was such a big thing obviously I was so blind to seeing things behind the curtain it got so much bigger after the tv show hit but when I saw that there was Mm -hmm. um where there was steps taken to having a TV show on Amazon. It was really quite exciting for somebody who loved the story and loved the the artistic style of the story and hoping to see that come out in a TV show really got me quite excited. So it kind of got my fandom, inner fandom fire kind of lighted, lit again, So, <laughs> so to speak. It kind of got me into looking for a fandom to see if if there was other people who enjoyed it as much as I did growing up.
0: Mm -hmm. And was that when you first found Crown of Thorns, the fanfic, or were you not aware of it before the project?
1: I had heard of it. I hadn't read so much of it because I struggle to read. So when I see things that are more than one chapter or... They seem quite big. I get a little bit overwhelmed. So that's why I love Mm -hmm. audiobooks in general, because I did grow up struggling to read. My parents got me a lot of audiobooks that Terry Pratchett had a lot of his books turned into audiobooks. So Mm -hmm. I would listen to them on my little iPod when I was younger and growing up, and it was something that the charismatic narrators always really intrigued me and helped me not feel so isolated by the fact that i did struggle to read but when i saw crown of thorns i knew that it was much loved because i'd seen the name and iris's name pop up in so many places but i felt a little bit overwhelmed by the such a big task of it so when i heard late last year when there was an opportunity to make an audio version of Crown of Thorns. And I'd seen that name pop up so many times. I was so interested in doing a project like this that when I saw it, I was like, I have to be involved with this somehow. Mm-hmm. I have to try and get in on it somehow because it was something I wanted to to get into and something I wanted to read and something I wanted to have a look into for a long time. Right.
0: And then how how did you find Podfix? Because I imagine you found it before
1: Crown of Thorns. Um, I hadn't actually. Um, I think when my chemical romance fandom didn't have any podfics. Um, the Sherlock fandom that I was in, I wasn't in it very deeply at the time, so what I was seeing was mostly fic and art. I didn't see mm-hmm. so many podfics, even though I know now that there's hundreds of them out there. I hadn't mm-hmm. actually seen any podfics until I jumped into the Good Omens fandom and I was kind of a little bit brought back that I was kind of like, oh, you can do audiobooks, but not for a book. That actually sounds mm-hmm. really cool. Like, that sounds like something I would be interested in listening to somebody reading fictions because in that sense where I did struggle to read the longer fics, it's, it lends something to people who do struggle and it gives them an opportunity to enjoy something that otherwise they would have just scrolled past because they felt too intimidated
0: Mhm. and do you remember how you actually found it the moment you went oh this is a podfic. Um, I don't actually remember
1: whose it was I think I had clicked on a link to a fic but it didn't say Podfic on it so I had clicked it going mm. this kind of sounds interesting and then straight away it started playing and I've at first I was a little bit brought back I was like what is this music this music is playing but it's I was trying to figure out where on my phone the music was coming from but it wasn't until I clicked off right the safari that it, it stopped playing I was like wait a minute this is this is Something is this an ad? <laughs> and it's reading it to me. Uh, yeah. Basically. I I thought it was to begin with. And then once I started listening to it, I was like, this actually is so much easier for me. And so much easier to right. comprehend for well, people like me anyway. Uh, no, for sure. Have you
0: yourself done any acting or voice acting?
1: I did try. I mean, in high school everybody tries a little bit of theatre. It's something I always wanted to do. Um, I moved to Australia kind of when I started trying that and it kind of shook my confidence a little new, new people, new friends, kind of Mm -hmm. didn't really want to outshine the light, but it was something I've always kind of wanted to do a little bit was try my, try my act at, at voice acting, so to speak. But yeah, something I've never really done before. It'd be something I was always kind of interested in. So when I heard about doing this, it was something I really wanted to, Jump on board with something I really wanted to try out. Right, fair enough. And have you since joined the PotFig community? Do you think you've interacted a lot with them? Um, I th- well, Crown of Thorns is my first jump into that. It's been something I really wanted to get in on board with since joining the Crown of Thorns kind of community and project, but oh boy, this takes up so, so much of my time. I have a little little <laughs> book of notes and things that I want to try out, but until the project's over, they're just going to have to wait at the moment because there's a lot on my plate for this project. So unfortunately, that's taking up most of my time. Right, you have a lot of roles. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to talk about
0: everything you do in a minute, but just to to keep going about the PotFig community for a moment... Um... Have you Because the podfix community in in many ways is very multi-fandom, at least I find that it is, Uh, do you find that you are too multi-fandom or are you super focused on Good Omens right now?
1: Oh no, definitely multi-fandom. I've seen a lot of people kind of crossing those bridges and it does look very interesting that people aren't stuck in just the one box and they aren't just labelled as podfix for one fandom. And I do think sometimes that can be, you know, each to their own devices and things like that mm-hmm. but it would be something if i enjoy a fic i might consider podficking it or if you know somebody wants it done then they say that they've got a blanket permission then go ahead that's sort of my idea on it anyway whether <laughs> whether it'll happen or not is another <sighs> is another thing
0: well i'm sure i'm sure you'll get time to experiment and find out what you like Oh, for sure um going a bit more into your roles in the project you are the voice actress for Mandy. Tell us, what is it like? Can you, can you describe Mandy from your perspective? Oh my goodness. She is <laughs> a
1: wrecking ball. I love her so much. <laughs> um, She has so much growth in this story as a whole. You first see her and she's really quite young. She's still a teenager. She's a waitress. And, you know, in your first couple of chapters, you don't think so much of her. She's just kind of your waitress at your local cafe. But just hopefully, you know, desperately in love with Crowley. But mm-hmm. you see her grow as a person and you see her form these friendships and, you know, Aziraphale isn't too keen on her to begin with because she has these lovey-dovey eyes for Crowley. But he slowly warms up to her and it's, you know, you, you see the, the friendships that she she makes and she, she builds. But she also has this character arc that you don't see coming and you didn't you don't really expect it from a kind of fiction like a fandom fiction you don't really expect mm-hmm. this powerhouse of a of a character arc that she gets and it's really quite mm-hmm. empowering she has a lot of a lot of scenes where she's really confused and she's really upset and she gets hurt that she's been lied to or she gets upset because she's not sure what to believe, like she was raised Catholic, and mm-hmm. she figures out that Crowley and a and an angel and a demon, and she gets possessed by a demon and she does not know <laughs> what to do with herself right it's just and it was really it was really fun recording those lines because it gives you a chance to express stuff that you didn't know you had in you I didn't know I could be that emotionally attached to a character <laughs> <laughs> but um. Yeah, acting those lines out where she's so hard hard on herself, but she wants she just wants to be loved and she wants to know that there's other people around her who love her for her. And it's it's really quite empowering to be able to say those lines and for it to come across like it fits. That that's been something I really enjoyed about voice acting Mandy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, she definitely has a lot of depth. On a related note, and although this could be also because of your username, Unholy Crowley, we had a question on Tumblr from 1054 that said, Is there anything in Crown of Thorns about Crowley that makes you want to hug him and comfort him? And if you could narrow it down to three things, what would they be?
1: Oh my goodness. Well, <laughs> Mandy and I both love Crowley very much. <laughs> she always wants to hug him. I always want to hug him. It's, it's a very similar feeling we have there. But he's, he's such a softie. You know, he's, and especially in the Crown of Thorns universe, it gets explored a little bit more. Um, you know, he's a lover. He's he's passionate about everything that he kind of sets his mind to. You know, when he wants to cook, he cooks with, like, he cooks with his heart and all that sort of stuff. When he wants to get something done, he really puts his heart into trying to get it done for the people that he cares about. And he's really emotionally invested in mm-hmm. everybody. And that's a, that's the a second thing, is he puts everybody first before himself and that that happens in the book and in the tv shows and things like that but it's you really see it more in depth in crown of thorns where where aj has written more in depth about the fact that he really doesn't care so much about himself he'd rather have other people around him happy before Mm -hmm. himself and i think the third thing would be probably he's so quick to empathy you see it when Sophia's upset and you see him when when pippa is struggling with harold he's so quick to prove that he can be vulnerable and he can you know he can prove to the other people around him that he's not just what he makes out to be he's not a hard shell he does have that softy kind of you know human human sense he's gone native he's got that human empathy inside of him and he's so Mm -hmm. he just wants to make sure that Everyone around him is okay, and thats it's very lovable. It's lovable in a character. Fair enough. Great question, though.
0: <laughs> so if you could narrow it down to three things, what do you think it would be?
1: Oh, the fact that he loves everybody. He does have some suspicions, but he loves everybody. Um. He's gone native. He mm-hmm. doesn't like to admit it, but he has. <laughs> and... Um probably his selflessness he doesn't care about himself,
0: mm-hmm, for sure. well then, going back to to Mandy um you said you from from the first moment you heard about the project for Ch chronicle Force, but Rama, you wanted to be part of it. Did you audition for a character a particular character?
1: I did and I think Mandy was one of them. I read bits, um, well we all had kind of little excerpts of um, scripts to read for the auditions and you could read Mm -hmm. other bits if you wanted and I had read through some of the parts of the chapters that contained those excerpts so that I could get a little bit of an extra feel for what was kind of going on in those excerpts so that I could kind of drag the feeling from there and see what, see what happens and see different ways to record them. But I think Mandy was definitely on my list of characters to audition for, just because mm-hmm. she's Scottish. <laughs> and I knew at least there's there's a little twang of an accent there. Not a lot of people get it, but there's a twang of an accent and especially when when I get upset or when I get angry, though that accent comes out. And I think um, sometimes you hear a little bit more of it in Mandy than there is in me. And that's been quite funny <laughs> to, to listen to in recordings, is a little bit more of my Scottish accent coming out the more aggressive she gets or the more upset she gets.
0: Yeah, yeah, she's very emotional in some scenes. That's really cool. And then when when you got back word that you had gotten Mandy, I imagine you, were, you weren't that surprised. You were like, oh, well, this is one of the characters that I auditioned for.
1: Yeah, it was actually, it was surprising because it was something that I put her down as a character that I wanted to audition for. But then when I got it back, I was like, oh, that's cool. They actually thought that I could I could do her justice. And, you know, Mandy didn't have any lines in the excerpts of any of the audition scenes. So I was just hoping that they'd hear my voice and hope that somebody went, oh, that kind of fits for Mandy. <sighs> that kind of works really well. She can, She can be a Mandy, you know, that sort of thing. But when I saw it, I was a little bit relieved because my god, my accents for anything else other than Scottish and Australian are probably Mm -hmm. horrific.
0: (laughs) Awesome. And so now that we've been doing this for a little while, what do you think you like the most and the least about your work as a voice actress?
1: Oh my goodness. It's so fun reading a script and seeing what you can do with it without thinking about it you i mean when you read a script you see the words and you understand the words i mean somebody who struggles reading it's sometimes it takes a little bit longer than the normal especially with her with her dialogue you know her her really long pieces of dialogue but yeah, yeah there it's interesting seeing the words and then going okay so i could take it like this and it could be a kind of sarcastic route or I could take it like this and it could be slightly more offensive <laughs> or I could take <laughs> it like this and it would be perceived in a totally different limelight to doing it this way. And I think playing around with that is quite fun to do. Mm-hmm. Probably the least favorite would be, oh goodness, having a conversation with somebody and not knowing how that voice actor is going to have their side of the conversation. mm. Right. <laughs> because <laughs> when when you see this dialogue between, like Mandy has a lot of conversations with Crowley, for example, is it's gotten to that point now where I can kind of guess how Compass Rose is going to voice Crowley, but you're mm-hmm. never 100% sure of how they're going to say their line or if they're going to do a different jab on it than you are. If they're going to take it slightly more, like I said, sarcastic or slightly more emotional than you are, you could take it one way and they could take it another way and it just wouldn't mesh in editing but right I suppose that's also the fun of it as well is trying to figure out a middle ground between two characters and you know that's part of the fun of it but it's also a little bit stressful when you come to those emotional conversations where you're like oh I need to get this right I don't want to make the editor's job hard
0: <laughs> fair enough fair enough the editing um process does give some leeway to re record if we needed to, but I imagine and I, I know that it's a very it's complicated to get it right the first time just so you don't have to, you know, get yourself back in the same emotional state that you were just to re record one line. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. For sure.
0: Yeah. Um talking about editing, let's move a little bit into that because you are head editor could you describe a little bit what it is you do as head editor?
1: Yeah, so I'm not just head editor. I'm a chapter editor as well. I've got a lot of mm-hmm. chapters where I'm the chapter editor for that. So we take the narration done by Podfix, which oh my goodness, her her mammoth task of narrating the absolutely entire project dialogue and all is crazy. It um, is. and then we take in the voice actors. The voice actors do their lines and we take podfix's line or version of that line and then we sub in the voice actor's line and we hope that it fits (laughs) then we edit it (laughs) around there we we take the little the breaths and sometimes you hear some cuts and sometimes there's things that you can tweak to make it sound crystal clear um Mm -hmm. so that's up to the chapter editor and then after the chapter editor has finished and added music and intros and outros, um, they send it to me. And I'm kind of that cross between the chapter editor and the beta. I'm that middle step where basically it's for consistency. I'm, I'm there to do a listen to the edit of the chapter over again to make sure that there's no rogue breaths or clicks or cuts or a chapter editor might have missed a line that Mm -hmm. a VA has recorded and they just haven't put it in so I'm kind of that beta before beta but also in an editing aspect so I can clean some things up if I think a pause is too long I will shorten it if I think a pause is too short I'll extend it um that sort of thing I make sure that all the volumes are kind of roughly the same because obviously we've got voice actors from everywhere around the world all different equipment so I try and make the voices sound as similar to kind of being recorded together as possible that's something that I really actually love doing it takes its time but to to say that we've got a team of well 20 30 voice actors and to make them sound pretty similar in recording is magic (laughs) (laughs) but Yeah, so we we take them together and I do a kind of final skim over, do all the little edits that I think it needs. And then I compress, normalize, make sure everything is ready to go for exporting it. Then I export it into all the, the files that we need it to. And then I make all of our posting drafts and make sure it's on all of our servers ready for the other people who do posting on their ends. And then I post... Well, with you on social media and um, all of our AO3 and Spotify and Anchor things on there as well so very hands-on at that last yeah. stage after Beta has said it's got all clear
0: yeah pretty much so yeah you, you pretty much do all of the posting except maybe um, what is it Archive that Compass does
1: yep Archive is done by Compass and SoundCloud is done by Podfix Oh, other than that um i do I do the posting um yeah
0: Mm-hmm. and how were you were you present when it was decided what platforms the audio was going to be uploaded to
1: i think well, obviously from the beginning a o three was a big thing that obviously we wanted to do. we just needed to figure out how to get mm-hmm. an m p three of some sort in there, and podfix had decided that instead of the crown of thorns having to pay for their own soundcloud subscription because it does cost a lot of money podfix Mm -hmm. already pays for her own so she had graciously lent us her account obviously Mm -hmm. she she would put everything up and have it under a crown of thorns playlist and a crown of thorns album that she would just post all of the chapters to so she's graciously done that and oh my god it's another lifesaver because a lot of her fans from her podfix that she's been doing for almost five years now have come over just to well to listen to her and to listen to this project that she's been a really big part of narrating so a lot of her fans are used to listening on soundcloud so Mm -hmm. having that platform as one of our main ones was very very helpful to us i had never worked on anchor before but i knew that anchor automatically uploaded to SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and things like that. So it was something I was happy to learn about and it's been quite a learning curve. There was there was one point when Anchor took down every single one of our oh, chapters yeah. and we lost everything. That was <sighs> so crazy. We lost I think we must have been up in the mid 20s when we lost everything. Yeah, I and that remember. was a little bit stressful. <laughs> but um archive.org was um yeah that was a very good idea to have it as somewhere that that we could download it from and not have it be something like a google drive or Mm -hmm. um like a file that needed to be in in a different server that was a very smart idea and i really like that idea and going forward it's an idea that i hope more other people use because it's very underrated, I think. I don't normally see a lot of archive.org links, and it's this—it's a very good idea to host stuff on, I think.
0: I think so, yeah. I haven't tried it myself, because there is this kind of feeling that, oh, it's very... it feels kind of official. I don't know if it's just me, maybe. But the yes, the name does. sounds kind of official.
1: No, I I definitely see what you mean. And
0: I when I first started making podfic, I was like, oh well, I don't know if I'm going to keep this up. I don't know if this is going to be like any any good. Um, but yeah, it's. I know that a lot of especially people who have been in the podfic community for a long time, they they advocate for using archive or any kind of archive that stores audio, because archive of our own doesn't actually store the audio. Um, so. No, it doesn't. Yeah. But yeah. That's why I see a
1: lot of links to like Google Drives and I'm always like, oh, I clear up my Google Drive like every week. I would be (laughs) so scared if I deleted something and then (laughs) the MP3 was just missing from a post. I'd oh I wouldn't want to ever do that. No, for sure.
0: It's already like I've had people comment like, hey, just so you know there's there's one link that isn't working, and I'd be like, Google Drive, why do you hate all of us? (laughs) Yeah. And so, going back a little to editing, what would you say, much like um, voice acting, what would you say is the most and least favourite thing about your work as head editor or chapter editor?
1: My most favourite is seeing, it's very related to being that voice actor, is seeing what the actors do with their lines. Some people have so much fun and give you so many takes. Izzy, who is our amazing Uriel, she can sometimes have, (laughs) recently she had one word in the chapter and she gave me seven takes and she had so much fun with this one word. You could tell how much fun that she had in it. And there was bloopers to that one word as well. And, oh my God, just seeing the the fun that the voice actors have sometimes when they give you multiple takes, especially mm-hmm. when their characters are those flamboyant characters like Raphael and Uriel are. They're, they're very <sighs> charismatic characters, so they can get away with kind of being a little bit snarky and having different attitudes and saying things in different ways. And sometimes they fit so well, even if mm-hmm. that's not really what you get from the text. Sometimes those little kind of snarky sassy lines fit really well and it's just so much fun to watch the voice actors having fun on such a huge project you know day in day out where this is going to take us a year i mean this is we've already crossed the six month line you know so seeing that everybody's still having fun and seeing that everybody is still enjoying themselves after six seven months is really such a joy to watch
0: yeah definitely
1: oh i don't really know if i have a least favorite (laughs) i think it's not really a least favorite i really think that it's just i edit every single chapter every single thing that comes past and gets posted of crown of thorns i see to some extent well i see an edit whether it's a last head edit and everything is clear and all i have to do is compress normalize export into all the files like I have put my foot in every single bucket (laughs) (laughs) so to speak so I'm I'm very stretched thin but I absolutely love it and I wouldn't have it any other way I Mm -hmm. think there's some there's some days where sometimes you think that you've taken on more than you can handle but at the end of the day it all gets done and there's a big team of helpers and there's a big team of people who are willing to put their hand up and say hey if you need some help throw it my way and that's very amazing Mm -hmm. to watch the community spirit of this when somebody is struggling there's always someone who's willing to go hey if you need a hand I'm here and I'll do my best to help you even if they don't know what they're doing they just say give me some instructions and I'll give it my best shot and that's been so amazing Mm -hmm. to watch flourish from a lot of people who were a little bit intimidated to jumping in on the editing aspect there's a lot of people who just wanted to do art or just wanted to do voice acting and they didn't want to edit but it's really been quite cool to see people step up to the plate and try new things and it's been really cool to watch uh, the whole team grow as well as a team you know we've taken some really big strides into trying some new things and it's been all for the better
0: yeah for sure um Could you tell me a bit about mm, the thing you do about normalizing and and all of that? Because that's the one part of podficking that I've never actually gotten to to do or understand (laughs) or anything.
1: Yeah, so once everything is similar in audio and you're happy with the way everything is edited, I compress everything so that everything... Mm -hmm. It kind of gets a little bit louder when you compress, but compressing it kind of puts everything into a format where there's, it's clearer. Compressing clears everything up on an audio format. And then normalizing kind of takes all of those, because everything gets amplified to make it louder when you compress things, normalizing kind of takes all of those um, voice actor tracks because when we edit, we put all the voice actor tracks onto the narrator track we don't have 21 different tracks running we have the narration we have mm-hmm. a tag one to make sure that we know when everybody is speaking and then we have the music so all the um, the music media in there. So we have three tracks and I only mm. ever compress and normalize the narration track. I don't touch the music track because I don't want to mess it up <laughs> just in case something happens. Mm. I just leave it the way it is. I don't want to touch it. But the narration track with all the voice actors, once it's all subbed in, when it compresses, everything gets louder. But it also tweaks everything slightly differently depending on where the audio came from. So normalizing does this thing where it kind of puts everything on a similar audio level, unless it is noticeably different from the others. That's why if there is something in a chapter where people are whispering to each other or they're having a very quiet conversation or they're saying something under their breath, I will always after it's normalized because normalizing puts everything back to a similar sort of uh, volume I will go back and check those timestamps that I wrote down for those pieces and make sure that they're not too loud or not too quiet and that they still fit in with the overall volume but the compression and normalization tries to make everything clearer without being too loud so that normalizing kind of contradicts the compression a little bit but the compression is there for clarity and the normalization is there for putting the volume back to a normal level, back to where kind of it's all similar. Right. I hope that made some sense.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I have to look into that more because it's something I've uh, just never touched on with my own podfix. Moving on to another, yet another thing that you do for the project. Um, <laughs> how did you end up working with the um, social media team?
1: I think it was... Um at the point in the beginning where I didn't think I had my feet in enough buckets. Uh, <laughs> um, <No. laughs> and I wanted to lend my hand out. There was there was a few people doing social media posts and I was kind of in the mindset of, well, I'm up and doing things and posting at those times anyway. And I kind of know my way around Instagram. So I might as well help out with the Instagram posts <laughs> rather than it just leaving it to one person. It's It's a bit hard sometimes mentally when everything is left to one person and if they forget i know they feel really upset about it so it's sometimes better to have a team from the get-go just so that if somebody forgets there's somebody else to help you along the way (laughs) and go it's okay it's all right i got it don't worry about it we'll set an alarm next time (laughs) because god that's (laughs) happened
0: yeah for sure i know that i had to put on alarms like all the time and sometimes, some days, I have my alarm at the same hour every day, and then I look at my alarm and I'm like, today is, like, I don't know, Tuesday. Why do I have an alarm? Yes. <laughs> and it's, like, leftover from the other week when I did need an alarm on Tuesday. <laughs>
1: yes.
0: So it's a bit of a, It's a struggle. <laughs> <laughs> and are, are you having fun with the, with the Instagram? Do you think you've managed to put your your mark into it, so to speak?
1: I'd like to say so. Um, I'm not a graphic designer by any means. I'm not on the level Mm -hmm. of Compass Rose and all of our other graphic designers and artists out there. I'd love to be, but I'm nowhere near it. So having the (sighs) background that Compass Rose created for, for our stories on Instagram and changing it up every week, kind of asking a question here and there even if nobody replies oh my goodness it's just so fun to make to make a new story every time mm-hmm. we go to post a chapter here's the countdown 24 hours tell us what you think or you know when we were going through this pandemic it was stay at home thanks for supporting us you know everybody be safe mm-hmm. you know and it was just those little things it was quite fun to just tweak it and see if anybody noticed <laughs>
0: <laughs> well i'm glad you're having fun with that then absolutely um let's move on to final questions so as a voice actress what is one thing about mandy that you identify with
1: she's so emotional oh she's she's strong-willed and i love her she's very bullheaded and i am as well (laughs) No, she's that's really cool. she's very firm on her stance about things, and she really likes to get her point across. When she was really, really angry when Crowley left Sophia on the side of the road, oh my god, I felt for her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when she just turned up at the door and slapped him across the face, I'm like, girl, I would have done the same damn thing. <laughs> so her her emotional state is definitely like, oh yeah, that's totally me (laughs) I wouldn't ever do it to somebody but I'd feel the rage of Mandy inside me but yeah definitely she's she's such a fun character to voice act and to explore her character growth oh my god it's just it's been so amazing to jump on that train and my goodness I'm so thankful for for Iris for writing a character like that for me to play (laughs) didn't write it for me but I ended up (laughs) in that In that slot, and I'm so gracious for it because it's amazing.
0: All right. And to finish, what is something you've learned during this project? As voice actor, head editor, social media, anything. What is the one thing that jumps to you?
1: It's okay to accept help. I think in the beginning I was like, no, 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 I can do this. Even if I'm struggling, it's okay. I'll get it done. But there's some things that you really need to hand off to somebody else to help you finish or just to go mm-hmm. look i need a second opinion on on this does this need to re-record do you think i'm just overthinking it sometimes you just need an extra pair of hands and we have so many extra pairs of hands in this in this project that are so willing to help in every instance and it's been Something of a learning curve to go, actually, do you know what? I do have too much on my plate and I need some help. Whether that
0: was
1: (laughs) sitting down and going, okay, I need a break from editing. I'll just still work on Crown of Thorns, but make a whole bunch of drafts for an hour. Or whether it was going, this chapter is really making me crazy. I need a second opinion. Can somebody just listen to it for me (laughs) and tell me I'm not going (laughs) crazy? You know, it's having... Help and accepting help is not, is not defeat. You've still, you've still got, you've still got it done, and you still, still done your work. But help is in no means defeat, and it's been really eye opening to accept that, and it's been something I think I will definitely take on into the next project that I'm a part of.
0: I'm very glad to hear that. I'm very glad. Um, well. This has been all. Thank you so much for talking with us, Rhee. Tell us where can people much. find you online?
1: Um, I am on AO3 as Unholy Frank for my, my chemical romance stuff or Unholy Crowley for Good Omens and hopefully in the future some other fandom things, if I get round to doing it. Um, and I'm on Twitter as Unholy Snakeboy U-N-H-O-L-Y S-N-A-K-E-B-O-I
0: Awesome. Thank you so much.
1: No worries, it's been great, thank you very much.
0: So, this was all we had for today. Next time, we'll be talking to Grin, one of her artists and our beta listener, so keep your ears ready for that.